Wildcats to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Women's Hoop Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I am your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, returning to chat a little hoops and uh, commiserate a little bit, we got the one and only Brooke Minnick. Brooke, a uh, couple of games in the Palace this last week, and you were there for both. Yep. Unfortunately, they weren't very good games, but I was there as usual. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it, but uh, this, the game against the Stripes uh, burned the tape. Uh, but th- there were some there were some good things about Northern Colorado, even though the Wildcats still lost. So we'll talk about those. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the show today. Well, as, as we said, we're going to talk about the couple of games in the in the last week. It's a weird one because we had a Saturday and a Monday game. So we're recording this on a Tuesday. Wildcats have played those two. And then uh, there will be we'll get back to the regularly scheduled program next week of a Thursday, Saturday schedule. But we'll talk about the game against Idaho State and the game against Northern Colorado. And then I'm going to do a, a, a if you listen to the men's show, you heard uh, in our episode there this week, you heard about some people's kids. And, you know, I thought it's such a good segment. I got to give Brooke Minnick the opportunity to get in on it. So we're going to do some people's kids with Brooke Minnick. And we're going to find out which schools Um and we're going to find out how Brooke feels about some of these other big sky schools. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage you all, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find us. And then uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter on social media, all good places to chat. If you have ideas, uh, we I put some a couple of things lately in, in individual shows where it's like, hey, if you have an idea, if you're listening to the show, uh, tweet at us. Love to hear you from you. Or if you uh, want to drop us a line on Facebook, whatever works for you. But you can find us on social media there. And then, of course, patreon.com. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and become a patron. Uh, get access to that good premium preview content that's just sitting there waiting for our patrons. Uh, a perk to them and a thank you to them for being longtime supporters. So if you want to join the pool, become a supporter on Patreon, please do. Go to w- w- patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly is the address. And you can do that. Get access to the, the premium preview. Uh, we're probably going to keep it going too for softball, which, by the way, if you didn't know, softball starts this weekend. Uh, the Wildcats right out the gate taking on Baylor and then two games against uh, Jessica Oilers, Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, it's going to be a it's, a it's a heck of an out of conference schedule, folks. Uh, go check that out. And so softball content will be starting up soon as soon as Colby finishes up his NBA course. But yeah, so that's it. So, Brooke, let's talk now about Idaho State. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to talk very much about that game. Uh, and uh, Northern Colorado. So like we said at the top, you were at the palace for both of these games. Give us your initial impressions. I mean, there for the stripes game on Saturday, there for the Monday night game against Northern Colorado, both felt like games that they could potentially win. Neither team is terribly high in the conference standings, um, but a tale of two games where, Stripes just, it was never close. Like talk to me about your impressions as you sat in the palace and watched. Yeah. I thought the Idaho state game started off messy first quarter. It seemed like the, I hate to bring in the rest, but the rest for since the tip off called a weird foul on Jaden. I actually was videoing it. It was a boomerang, but I was videoing it and they said she put her arm on the other girl's chest to jump up and tip the ball which I watching my video. No, <laughs> Did not but, happen. yeah. So I, I, just that I was like, Oh, great. Here we go. And it just felt like the refs just started calling any little thing for both teams. I mean, calling Ava for an illegal screen, 
just weird stuff that I don't know, just kind of made it disjointed, which doesn't help Weber. They already start slow and that pretty much made them. I don't know. It was, what was the score? Uh, First quarter, four points. Four to nine or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, both teams kind of sucked at the beginning. So, I mean, first quarter and you know, whatever. But, I mean, then Idaho just ran away with it. And it just, I mean, there was, I don't feel like there was anything really good to like in that game. Right? They were close in some of the categories, which I was kind of shocked to see. Um, points off turnovers was 12 and they had 15 or Weaver had 12 and they had 15 second chance was eight to five fast break points was eight to six bench points, 17 to 16, which is not really all that good, but weirdly close. Probably the only real good thing that happened in that game and that they won the fourth quarter. So really that game was kind of just a mess to begin with. I kept telling my coworker that it just felt like a messy game all around. I mean, somehow, um, or well, I mean, turnovers, turnovers was 24. Yeah. Felt that way. <laughs> yep. Exceptionally high. I mean, what we, we mentioned this last week, the wildcats right now averaging about 19. I can, I can double check that now to see if the numbers have changed a little bit. And, uh, as it sits, uh, the wildcats. Yeah. I was still averaging 19. Hmm. Yeah. And I just say that that whole game was just kind of messy. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, another slow start, which we talked about that last week, that the slow starts really cause problems. Now, of course, you talked about that Idaho State had their own problems because whether it was the officials being involved, calling a lot of things, making the game not flow early or just rusty, missing shots, whatever, they started off slow as well. But the Wildcats mustered just four points in the first quarter. They end up shooting uh, uh, two of nine. It's just, it's tough. It's just tough. Like the offense has to do better. Because uh, like we said last week, when you start off slow, you're already in a hole. In this case, it's a five-point hole, but a hole nonetheless. And then second quarter, Idaho State goes off for 20, but you only muster 12. So down at the half, you're down by double digits again. And it's just a recipe for disaster because you've got so much ground to make up in the second half that uh, it's just never a good spot to be. Nope. And then it, like we've talked about before, the three pointers, we are two of 11. I mean, that's one way to kind of get back into a game. And if you're not making any, I mean, they were two of 13, but it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's the saving grace. I mean, is that the Wildcat defense has done a pretty good job of, of limiting opportunities like that for teams. Um, Idaho going into this one. Uh, just let me check. I've been making sure that I check conference only stats lately. Um, but going into this one uh, as a three point shooting team, Idaho state was not great. They're eight out of 10 in the conference as a team shooting 27%. The Wildcats just slightly behind them, 26.7%. So 0.3% behind teams are about, you know, about that Idaho state, actually a really great three point uh, defending team. Uh, Weber State, not a great three-point defending team, but it doesn't matter because Idaho State was so bad that even the looks they got didn't didn't fall. So whatever. But we'll talk about uh, how that became becoming a factor later. So I, my question here, Brooke, was I, as I prepared the show was, what did we like 
And in this Idaho State game, there is literally not one positive thing that I could say. Like there wasn't anything that I looked at the stat sheet or going back through my mind of watching the game on Saturday afternoon that I was like, yeah, that that was a good thing. There's there wasn't one good thing in this one. It was just really, really tough front to back. It was. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned just the points like off turnovers and second chance fast break, but it's still eight points on second chance, eight fast break points. I mean, that's not enough. And turnovers somehow, somehow we got 12 off of turnovers, but off their 18 turnovers, but it just all around just wasn't a good game. I mean, they points in the paint. We had 22, they had 34 rebounds. They out rebounded us 39 to 30. It just was not good overall. One thing I was going to say is that bench production was not awesome, but it wasn't the worst it could be. They had 17 bench points in this one. A lot of that came from Laura Taylor. She took a lot of shots from three. Uh, a lot of them didn't fall. She was one for seven, uh, but she got it done from the free throw line when she got her chance. You know, she was two for two, uh, two of eight shooting overall. So that muster seven points. Uh, then a few other folks chip in a bucket here and a bucket there. So you get to 17 overall coming off the bench, but it's just one of those things where nobody, it seemed really got going because even, even some of the stars of the team, like Munka, Darren Hickok, nine points and seven rebounds in this one. Yeah. Jaden, Jaden Matthews, eight points and six rebounds. And those are in 32 and 34 minutes respectively. So just nobody got going in this one. Nobody. And then checking out Idaho state, they had two players in double digits. Everybody else was not even close. They had a player with eight, but aside from Laura Bello, weird game overall. Uh, All right, Brooks. So uh, I'm I'm not even going to ask for an MVP in this one because nobody was that good. I mean, yeah, if I were to choose, it'd probably be Darren just leading scorer with nine. She was five of five from free throw. Um, Jaden right there behind her with eight and two of two. So, I mean, if you have to choose one of those two, I guess, but I, I guess I'd pick Darren, but yeah, just kind of a, not a good game at all. I, I don't know. <laughs> burn the tape. That's what that's that. I'm yeah. firmly in the burn the tape camp. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. We don't have to see the stripes again for the rest of the season. That was the second time facing yeah. them. And so unless the Wildcats see them in the conference tournament, no reason to talk about the stripes again for the rest of the season, which is a okay by this guy. <laughs> so now let's, let's look at the Northern Colorado game. Cause this game I felt was much more interesting in, in some weird ways. Because the Wildcats did end up losing. Yes, they lost 60 to 73. They lose by 13 points. But it it was weird because they had they had some fight in that second half. And so, Brooke, in this one, something you liked? Because I had a few things, but I want to give you the first crack at what you liked in this one. Um, there was a few things. They um out rebounded them 33 30. Um they uh, had 30 to 30 points in the paint, which kind of shocked me with how the first half went. <laughs> um, points off turnovers was 15 to their 17, which is okay. I mean, if you're kind of even, I feel like that's all right. Um, turnovers was low, 14 to 13, um, especially after last game with 24. 
Um, second chance points, nine to three bench points, 10 to six. Um, Not and then the bench production. No, um, better than them. <laughs> and then we made five three pointers. The uh, thing that I was going to say was the turnovers because they had eight in the first quarter alone. There was just turnover mm-hmm. after turn. I think there was a stretch where they had four in a row, just boom, 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 four turns right in a row. So the Wildcats not getting any points. So you look at the low scoring number from, from the first frame, seven points to Northern Colorado's 14. A big reason why was because there were so many turnovers, but credit to the Wildcats because they really turned it around in the second quarter on. And after those eight, they only commit six more turnovers for the rest of the game, which, you know, hats off to them because that could have got out of hand really quickly. Like they could have easily hit their average at halftime had they kept that clip up and they didn't. They go into the second quarter, they clean it up. And so overall, I had to, I had to respect the, the turnovers. Yeah, for sure. Because the way the first half started, it was like, oh man, here we go again. Yeah, that's but, exactly the way I felt. I was like, oh man, like they are just like digging the hole so early already. And just, you know, I mean, they were getting easy buckets. Defense was just disjointed. It just, they hadn't, it seemed like they had no energy, maybe unmotivated in a way. And then second quarter, second half, especially it was like, okay. Where was this team in the first half? Yeah, because they they scored. The, the offense figured something out in that second half uh, that really made a difference. And so the Wildcats scored 22 and 20 respectively, which a couple of really good quarters. Unfortunately, Northern Colorado was right there nipping at their heels one point behind in each of the frames. So it was 22, 21, 2019. So they did not make very much ground at all on the deficit that had been created in the first half. Hence lose by 13, but the offense really, you know, figured it out in that second half. Yeah. And I think they got within eight was probably about the closest they, they had, but they came out in the second half with some energy and they were full court pressing. They were on their man when, when they were throwing it in and, and they got a couple turnovers, um, tipped the ball away and it just seemed to rejuvenate them. And that, I think that helped spark, spark a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, because going in at the half, uh, the score. Let me do some quick math here. So they're they're down. It's twenty three to. No, it's more than that. It's thirty three to um, eighteen at the half, and then right as they come out of the gate, they immediately just boom dig into that lead like straight out of the gate, which was nice to see because it was like right out of the right out of the gate, a spark. It's always nice when you see the other team has to call timeout because they're they're having a hard time dealing with what you're doing. And we saw that, which was a really nice thing. I think a key piece to that was the offensive rebounding. They had 13-0 rebounds in this game, mm. which was really nice to see because you talked about winning the turnover or the rebounding battle overall. And a key, key piece of that was second chances off of offensive rebounds. There were a number of times where they were able to dig the ball out, get it out, not always able to convert, but at least giving themselves opportunities. And because of those offensive rebounds, like I said, you, you beat them in the, in the rebound game, you give yourself a chance. Some of the putbacks needed to be a little better though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely could have, uh, could have made it. And then we've already talked about my, my last point, second half scoring dynamite. Great to see that energy. Would love to see that kind of energy for four quarters. If we could see that kind of energy for four quarters, this team wins a heck of a lot more games. 
Yeah. Well, where's the team that played against Eastern Washington? <laughs> <laughs> where, I mean, I talked about that, the assisting, the shooting, <laughs> mm-hmm. like there were a lot of nice things going on in that game that we haven't seen since, which is too bad. Yeah. So Brooke, let's, let's flip the script now and talk about what we didn't like from this Northern Colorado game. Um, I didn't really write a whole lot. It just first half uh, total just was blah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> half scoring, not good enough. The slow start. Um, and then I can't, did I say the fast break uh, that they allowed them to have 19 points on the fast break and we had six. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, I'd say that's a direct result of turnovers, which the turnover number was lower, like you've already talked about in this game. The Wildcats only committing 14, 14 total after eight in the first quarter. Fast breaks, that's the way it goes. Usually you turn the ball over, quick out. So strange that it was such a factor in this one when the turnover number was actually low. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the only thing is there was a couple of times where we were making that push to get to close the deficit and we had some shots that were, you know, two, three feet away and they go clear over the rim. <laughs> like it was kind of a killer, kind of a motivation, momentum killer. <laughs> yeah. There were definitely some bricks at key moments from folks that I was like, Oh, that was, that would have been a great one. That would have been a great opportunity. It just, it wasn't close. Mm-hmm. Hit the glass. <laughs> Hit the glass. That um, box. <laughs> Hit <yeah>. it there. <laughs> Uh, we've already talked about the bench production. Uh, I talked about it. This is okay. One of the things I was going to say was shot selection overall. I felt like the shots that they chose to take were so much more difficult than they had to be because of the lack of assisting. We talked about this mm-hmm. last week, but this game was a, was very much a contrast between two different kinds of styles. And I think that the women play a, a similar style to the men in that, there is a lot of, there's not a lot of assisting. There's a lot of people coming from the top of the key, trying to find opportunities in the paint, get fouled, that kind of stuff. And it felt like Northern Colorado was doing the opposite of that. There were a lot of really high percentage shots, uncontested layups because of the way they were running the offense. The defense, the Wildcat defense was committing to to the person with the ball coming from the top of the key. And then there's just an easy lob over the top to somebody moving off ball behind the defense, just stuff like that. There were a lot of defensive lapses that made it so, so easy for Northern Colorado to score on the, on the flip side, the Wildcats were running a, a game where there were a lot of, we're going to try and probe the interior of the paint, or we're going to pass the ball around the, around the perimeter for about 20 seconds before we have to actually do something because the, we're not putting any pressure whatsoever on the defense. Because if you watch, it's a lot of just stationary. The only person with the ball or the only person that moves is the person with the ball. So it makes it very easy for the defense because all they're doing is just watching mm. folks aren't moving, making them have to pay attention to other things going on, creating those split second moments where you have an opportunity to, to drive or do something. Another thing I was going to say was there were, there were times with some of those offensive rebounds where if the Wildcats had just, they hesitated sometimes, they thought about it. And in thinking about it, they give the defense an opportunity to kind of get back and get set. If they had just gone straight back up, 
we see a lot of uh, a lot of rebounds being brought down. One of the things they'll teach you in basketball is if you get an offensive rebound, do not bring the ball down. Try and put it back up if you are an, a front court player. And we saw some instances where people got some rebounds. They immediately are in the paint. They immediately put, you know, try and bounce the ball and then take it back up. It's like, no, don't do that because you're going to get blocked or maybe you'll get fouled. But it's a lot of times it's not a good shot. Yeah, so, exactly. Yes, they do that a lot, actually. Yeah. And it happened a bunch of times. And, you know, me just watching it going, ah, if you just try and put that immediately back up, I bet you get some of those. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I do agree with you on the plays also. They just a lot of running around outside the three and then it's like, okay, well now we got to hurry and throw this shot up. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty common thing actually (laughs) every season. Uh, Like I said, it's, I think it's a function of just teams try to create movement, but the movement that they create doesn't really put very much pressure on the defense because there's not a lot of interior movement to make them sweat. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of backdoor cuts. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is being accounted for almost, I don't know. It's the, the kinds of movements in those, in those situations don't really breed stretch like pressure points on the defense. And so they can usually pretty easily deal with it. Yes. I agree. Last thing I was going to mention was the free throws in this one. Wildcats, a good clip, but not, it could have been different. 60% from the, from the line. It's got to be better. Nine of 15 overall. Um, It's just okay. It's just okay. Yeah. So, so let's name our MVP because I do feel like naming an MVP in this one. Brooke, but Brooke, I'll let you go first. Oh, well, I was going to maybe say Jaden just based on her minutes. Um, well, I'll just, well, <laughs> I'll just go with the E. No, I'll just change it up and say Kai because I'm glad that she finally got 10 points. <laughs> She had some good moments in this game. Yeah. She went four of 11 was one of two from three, um, which this was more from her than we've seen. I think if she can have a a night like this consistently with the assist numbers getting a little bit higher, maybe two, three, three more assists a game. If she can get to about five assists a game and 10 points dynamite. That's great. Yeah. And I think they need to use her speed more. I feel like I agree. I think once in a while they do call a play where they tell her to go straight through the key, take it all the way down straight through the key and get a layup. And she's done it multiple times, but I think they need to keep, they need to call it more and she needs to take her lanes more often. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll make the comparison to MTSU again. One of the key things that they ran in their offense down there was that they had attacking guards who were very good at closing or at finishing and had speed and it really made it difficult on the defenses that they played because they had to commit because it created all kinds of assist situations because if the player is going to drive that deeply into the paint, they're going to commit at least two defenders over that creates an opportunity for an assist, whether, you know, depending on how you're positioned and if you can get the ball to somebody creates opportunities for backdoor cuts, alley-oops, maybe kicking it back out to the perimeter and shooting a three, 
all kinds of things can happen when you put that pressure on the defense, but it seems like they hesitate a lot. They don't necessarily, they might draw drive into the paint, but then the hesitation takes away the advantage because, Oh shoot. Now I'm here. I'm doubled. It's like, well, of course you're going to be doubled. They're going to, they're going to try and anticipate that. So you either got to get to the rim quickly and make them foul you, make them late to get over or have a backup plan that like you, you were never going to shoot it anyway, unless they were going to give you an easy shot. You were going to kick it to somebody else and get those assist numbers up. But I agree. Kyla Sane can be very, very quick. If, if they can use her first step a little bit more effectively, she can be that 10 and five player that they could really use and maybe more. But I also think she's got to work on her free throws. You got to be yes. a much better free throw shooter if you're going to have that kind of a game because you're going to go to the line a lot and you cannot be... I mean, I don't know what she's shooting right now. I, I'd have to look it up really quickly. Yeah. But uh, you you got to be a really sound uh, free throw shooter if you're going to be in those situations. Because if if not, you're just you're just losing points. I mean, yeah. there's only there's only so much you can do. So just checking really quickly um, on the statistics here. I want to know how everybody's doing individually on their free throw percentages. So right now. Where are you at? Where are you at? Here we go. Kaya right now shooting 65% from, from the free throw line. She is 32 mm-hmm. of 49. Got to get that up in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's taken that many. Mm-hmm. Wow. Doesn't feel like it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Cause it doesn't seem like she goes to the line a lot. No. Um, my MVP. I'm saying J double double. And my reason is that there's not, one particular gaudy stat in the stat line in this one, but there's a lot of nice things. Six of 11 shooting one of three from the free throw line. That's got to be a little better. Five rebounds, two assists, two blocks, three steals. You know what I mean? Just a lot of, a lot of things that add up together to make a nice thing. Yeah. So for me, it was, even though Jade, Jade Matthews doesn't get the double, double here. She'll always be J double, double in my book. Yep. (laughs) I do want to kind of shout out Aaliyah Ellis too, getting nine points. Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like, uh, I guess I could go look at her high really quickly. Like what is her season high? Because I feel like she's been getting a lot more minutes. She's been mm-hmm. really getting that, getting that opportunity. And it feels like she's growing that she's been making, uh, making more of those minutes. And so, so yeah. far that was, that was a season high for her at nine points. Mm. Um, uh, and so you, it's a thing that you like to see and hopefully that's a trend that continues because once again, if you can get that kind of production off the bench recipe for good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that was the week's, uh, couple of games, Idaho state burn the tape and Northern Colorado. Uh, unfortunately, the Wildcats fall a little bit short against Northern Colorado. They lose 13. So it's a 73 to 60 final in Ogden. Wildcats will be on the road, I believe, next week. Yes, they'll take the Montana Roadie. They will face Montana State on Saturday, on Thursday. And then they will take they will face a very good Grizz team this year, number two in the conference, if I remember correctly, uh, on Saturday in Missoula. So now, Brooke, let's let's turn to some people's kids. I'm going to give you your opportunity. Just like I gave Sean Lewis the opportunity last night. I want to know how how does Brooke Minnick see the the other members of the Big Sky Conference? So my first question to you, Brooke, is this. Who's, which Big Sky school do you feel is um, 
I'm not going to say love. And, and I used those words last night. Like what's a big sky school that you love? Cause we talked about this before we, we turned the microphones on that not necessarily, you know, a team that you love, but uh, who do you feel the most um, magnanimity toward in the conference? How's that? Honestly, nobody really that's fair (laughs) because if i say a team then i'll go look up their coach or the players and i'll be like oh yeah never mind i hate them (laughs) (laughs) this is what happens when you're a longtime fan folks uh you you look at some teams like that and you're like oh yeah them no never them (laughs) i would say maybe portland state but no really rhyme or reason right now just that's who came to mind who i don't remember that i hate yet well, sometimes it can be an absence of feeling too. It's uh, more like a, you know, I just don't care about you enough to be mad. So that's as close as we're getting. Yeah. Until we play them again. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These guys. Stupid Portland. That guys. girl. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up then. What's a big sky school that you feel is annoying, but isn't necessarily a threat? Maybe someone like NAU. Okay. I, uh, they just, I don't know why. And maybe even Northern Colorado, they both feel like the same level to me. Just kind of, they're just there. They're not, they're not really that good. They're all right. I mean, they're, it's hard to, you know, say that when everybody, when Weaver's one and 10, but they're just kind of those two teams. I'm just like, oh yeah, they're in our conference. Hmm. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, NAU is a team that, uh, and, and I think that the 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 lack of success on the men's side sort of colors this because you know NAU is a team that played in the conference championship last year. They don't get it done, um, and it's just that's like kind of the story with them, right? Like they're not the team that goes to the conference tournament. Uh, they can be competitive, and but like you look at them and go like, yeah, we could probably beat them. I mean, even in in the low low depths that the the women's basketball program has been in the last few years, not finding a lot of conference wins. It just feels like Northern Arizona. Eh, we could maybe get it done. Not, uh, don't, I'm not afraid. How's that? I'm not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like we could have won, especially Northern Colorado. I thought we could have beat them, but they're just, yeah, they're the, they're always there. I don't know. They're just, they beat us, but they're not, they're not, they don't feel like a real threat to me. Yeah. In women's hoops, I would say it is Northern Colorado because I look at them and go like, okay. Uh, I think about the game last year at their place. Weber state was right there. Could have won that game. Missed some Keith free throws, went to overtime, lose the game in overtime. If you remember (laughs) it's games like that, where you look at them and go, Weber lost that game. They didn't win it. And so it's games like that that make me go, ah, yeah, Northern Colorado. I mean, right now they're four of eight in conference play with one of those, I think two of those wins being against Weber State. So mm-hmm. you do the math. Yep. <laughs> Not a threat, but very annoying, just the same. All right. Now we're going to get a little bit more. We're getting, we're getting progressively more negative, Brooke, as we go. And so now I'm going to ask you, what's a school that should just find another conference? Like a school that you're just like, dude, just leave. I I don't want to deal with you. Weirdly, it's just Sacramento State. Oh, I mean, I made my (laughs) hatred of Sac State known last night, but please (laughs) tell me more. uh, I mean, 
we've always had their number until this season. And then a parent of a previous player ruined them for me also. (laughs) 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 And um, then they're just kind of over there in California alone. Like at least like Portland state, Eastern Washington, they're all kind of up here together ish. Sacramento is just over here alone. Why? Just like a weird geographical reason. (laughs) Yeah. And their gym sucks. Like that's a terrible gym. It's easily one of the worst gyms in the conference. Easily. Probably the worst gym in the conference. Cause even, (laughs) I mean, even as much as it feels weird to say this, even Idaho state's gym is better than that one. Mm. Like Reed gym is better than the nest. The nest is straight trash. (laughs) I mean, if you heard my rant last night, you'll know all about my, non-love of Sac State and everything that they are. I, oh yeah. Last night I told the story about Marissa Bertuccio conference pitcher of the year. They don't even pitch her in the, in the, in the conference championship game because they knew that the Wildcats were going to light her up. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <Just> incredible. <laughs> Can't wait for softball season. All right. So now we're going to go to the very bottom. We're going as negative as we can go. Brooke, who is the team that you just loathe? Uh, <laughs> so right now, because of every sport lately, is Montana State. Fair. Yep. I don't know if I should say this about why I don't like Idaho State right now. Well, but it's because of our coach. Well, their coach... <laughs> Their coach sucks. That's fine. You can say those words out loud. I, I, I'm on the record as being a person who can have legitimate beasts with coaches that I don't like in the conference. Looking at you, David Riley. I don't like you. I don't. And I, I kind of don't like the Grizzlies coach either. Oh, really? Men's or women's? Women's. Oh, yeah. I remember him because we were at the game last year in, in the palace, right? And like the things that he was saying to his players, I'm like, is this guy for real? Yeah. Like, how is that motivating? Like you're just running these ladies down and the Wildcats ended up winning that game. But yeah, yeah. That game was like, wow, what is this dude doing? Yeah, and I'm I think you. Idaho state, Idaho state's coach, I think is similar. He seems to be similar to me. I mean, I only know him from, you know, however many feet away I sit from them, but it's pretty close. Just, and it's, it's fairly quiet in the palace for women's <laughs> yeah, a lot of folks there. It is. So if we could, I just load them because of their coaches mostly. And then I kind of remember certain players when I'm watching that help the hate. (laughs) Yeah. Montana state is a good pick because I don't know if Wildcat fans know this, but in a calendar year, Montana state eliminated Weber state from the playoffs, from the postseason play in football in men's hoops in women's hoops and in volleyball all in postseason play in the conference tournament or in the case of uh, FCS football, you know, the Wildcats played them in the playoffs last year. And obviously that didn't go so well. Just stuff like that, where it's like, wow, what happened? All of a sudden we just lose in everything to these guys. Hate that. So um, yeah, easy to get there. All right. That's some people's kids. And uh, now you know who uh, Brooke Minnick really dislikes in the conference <laughs> and why. No real reasons, but <laughs> I think they're legitimate reasons. Uh, I think that it's, it's totally justified 
for as much time as Brooke Minnick has spent in the Purple <laughs> Palace watching women's hoops, all of those were totally legitimate. Okay, good. So let's look at the upcoming schedule. Uh, like we said earlier, Thursday, February 9th, Wildcats will be up in Bozeman to take on the defending champion Montana State Bobcats, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can get that one on ESPN+. Plus. Then Saturday, February 11th, the Wildcats will take on the Grizz in Missoula, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time right now. Uh, the conference rankings go as such. Montana State on the top of the conference at 9-3. and three. Northern Arizona, 8-4, eight, eight and four, tied with Montana, also at 8-4. and four. So it's, um, it's going to be a tough week because you're going to have to take on two of the top three teams in the conference on the road in a, in a time when the offense has not run super well. So we'll see how that goes. Then the following week, like we said, we're kind of back to that normal cadence throughout the rest of the conference slate. So we make our way to Boise, March 4th through 8th, which, by the way, get your tickets and come see myself up there. Uh, Thursday, February 16th, Sac State will come to the Palace to play the Wildcats 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. Uh, lots of ticket deals. Look for them. Uh, I think there was a ticket deal this week. Wasn't I think it was yesterday. There was a ticket deal. It was like a family ticket deal. It was like 20 bucks for five people. Great price. Great price. Uh, then that Saturday, February 18th, Portland State comes to town. So it's green team week. Next week in the Palace, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Then Thursday, February 23rd at Eastern Washington, taking the trip up to the Palouse, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they might be looking for revenge, folks. That's Weaver State's lone conference win against Eastern Washington, who currently sits at number five in the conference standings at seven and five. Then a trip over to Moscow to wrap up that road trip, Saturday, February 25th, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. I was surprised at uh, how late that game was. 8 p.m. on a Saturday. They must be flying home. They have to be. There's no way they're busting it. Let me, let me just, now I'm suspicious. Like, did I get that right? Did I screw that up? I'm, I'm checking the schedule right now. That makes sure I don't mislead the public. Yes. 8 PM mountain standard time on Saturday, February 25th against the Vandals. Vandals have not been great. Vandals are right now. They're slightly ahead of Idaho state, Northern Colorado. They're currently sitting at, uh, let's see if it's 10, nine, eight, seventh in the conference. So five and seven things have been okay. Beyonce, uh, Beyonce B just one conference player of the week. Again, if they were a better team, she'd win conference um, player of the year, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, who I think it could be, uh, I think it could be, uh, what's the, what's the girl for NAU Montana. Uh, oh. What's her name? Mm -hmm. I don't know. How to, I don't know her last name, but she, I think she got hurt in the end in the Idaho state game last night, which is unfortunate yeah. because um, she's really had quite an impact, but her name is, uh, Oh, where is it? It's 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 a really funny and cool game. Otrogi. Montana Otrogi. Uh she's she's been good for them. She's been done a lot, but probably gonna be uh, from looking at the teams that are up here at the top. It's weird because the top scores in the conference are all on bad teams or me or mediocre teams. The top teams don't really have could be Carmen Gefeller. I could see Carmen Gefeller potentially winning it. Whatever. Uh, I know. No. I know. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> so um, email us, WeaverStateWeekly, gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to patreon.com slash WeaverStateWeekly. Become a patron. Really want to shout out our patrons. We really, really appreciate you. I've been a little bit busy. I'm, I'm still working on that sticker. 
price quote I got back was not one that I necessarily loved. So we will get that sticker printed the way I promised our, our patrons, but it's going to take a little budget that I don't have right now. And so we'll have to get that, that raised. And then a blog at weberstateweekly.com. Um, Brooke Minnick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat women's hoops with me each and every week. We'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.